Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Yeah, so I don't, I'm in New York and I'm using a laptop that's not mine and it doesn't, you know, I'm an old, I'm an OG. I need a mouse. These these trackpads are a disaster. Don't say OG because or just say old. <laughs> like the trackpad, like, like how do you how do you cut and paste something and how do you make it do things like and it's just your finger just moving across this little flat bar? Is like, it a Mac? It's a Mac, yeah. Yeah, because you have to use your two fingers to scroll on the little pad. So if you want to scroll, you have to use two fingers and then just do the scrolling movement. Jeez. Don't do it now because you might disconnect us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know what? I think I said this before that, I, you know, I know people love Macs and everything, but there are some freaky things with, with Mac, just like there's freaky things with PCs that, okay, whatever. People love their Macs, whatever. Oh, my God. Um, hey, Jan, what's going on? Yeah, so you're in New York, huh? The Big yeah. Apple. I'm in the Big Apple. I've been here since Sunday, I think. I took a red, no. I, yes, I took a red eye from Sacramento on Saturday night. And then I landed, unfortunately, I landed in Washington, D.C. for an hour and a half layover. You know how hard that is to fly all night and then lay over in another airport is. It's like a tease. That's why I prefer nonstop flights because I hate taking off and landing because that's where they say the most accidents happen are where you're taking off and where you're landing. Once you get past those two things, you're safe. You know what? I believe it. It's just, it was a nightmare. Then you get to DC and it's so early. There's really nothing open, you know, except a crappy Starbucks and then the flight to New York from there was, it was just 40 minutes. Like, Ugh. I'm like, couldn't that flight that I was on just do the extra 40 minutes? Doesn't it take more gas to land and take yeah. off? I mean, yeah. honestly. Oh my God. So yeah. So today as we are uh, recording this podcast on Thursday, so I've been here all week and it's a great trip. And I understand you were out of town as well. Yes. I was in LA visiting my brother which was actually a really amazing trip. I mean, yeah. him and I get to spend, we're, we're similar on a lot of levels. We're both really funny and we can do anything from 
having a great time, exploring the cities to hanging out and doing nothing. And for most of that, he got me hooked on righteous gemstones. So we watched that for a little bit. And I, what we partaked or partook, partook in so many vegan restaurants. We went to, when I first landed, we got ready, we dropped off my luggage. And then we went to, uh, we went to this vegan truck. It was like a, a lot of different vegan vendors in this parking lot. And I guess they set up every Friday. So we were able to enjoy that. And, you know, I said, Hey, why don't you go pick something out from one place? I'll pick out something from another place and then we'll share and, you know, experience it that way. And, uh, I, of course I picked burgers and fries and he picked some Creole sausage that was barbecue. And I, I'm not a big fan of barbecue, but so he got a little bit of my, of my burger and then he got to eat his whole Creole sandwich. <laughs> That's a good exchange. Wait a minute. So you went to a vegan food court? Yes, it was. So they set up every Friday in this brewery parking lot and different things from donuts, which, oh my God, these vegan donuts were amazing to macaroni, to fried chicken with a C-H-I-K, to burgers, to um, torts. I mean, just different plethora of, of, of foods to try. So, and they're set up every Friday from five to nine down in LA. So that was actually a really great experience. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, it's, that's a long way from just going to a restaurant and getting a salad as the vegan meal, right? Exactly. I mean, when you go to, when you go down to LA, the one reason why I really like going down there is one to see my brother, but they just have more options. We drove to this Italian, oh my God, this Italian vegan restaurant that sits in Redondo Beach, I think it is. Yeah, Redondo Beach. So very close to the ocean and they are all open and everything in their Italian is vegan and their mozzarella sticks. And this is Pura Vida in LA. Their mozzarella sticks are like nothing I've ever tried. So just good overall and the best Paloma alcoholic beverage. It was so good. So all in all, a great trip. Have you done anything uh, down in New York of worth notifying us about? You know what, since you're talking about food, so yes, two food things. One is um, New York bagels are better than any other bagels you can get. Like I that. wonder why. Yeah, you know how they brag about it. And, and you know, it's sort of from the left coast out in California, you know, it just seems like New Yorkers are just like bragging. And so I had this conversation with uh, Elian, who lives here in New York. One day I was out in uh, California and I was like, oh, she, what are you doing? I go, I'm eating a bagel. You know, there's this um, authentic New York bagel chain out here called um, Noah's Bagels. And she goes, those aren't New York bagels. I go, it says so right on the sign, New New York bagels. (laughs) So I come to New York and I get a bagel and I'm like, "Um, yeah, these are next level. Like they're next level bagels. And apparently it's the water. Now, I don't know what it is, you know, about their water, but it makes... Uh, for really wonderful bagels. And that was my first trip out here. And ever since then, I've never gone back to get a Noah's bagel because they're crap. Like they're absolute trash compared to a real New York bagel. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, I don't know if anybody knows this, but New York has pretty good pizza. 
<laughs> it's because of their water. So their dough is good because of their water. That's what I oh, heard. Yes, we were just last night. We were in Brooklyn and we went to a, a, a pizzeria and you ordered, you know, a little pizza and we got a couple little samples and um, the bread, the dough, it's not like those giant California pizzas where they're huge, they're thick, they're full of all this crap. They're just very simply made, your know, hand rolled dough. And they're, they're, they're generally thin, but they're very, all the ingredients are very fresh and they are absolutely delicious. Like they really do have a corner on this old pizza thing. And they were right. They've been bragging, but they had, they've had a reason to brag. So I don't know if anybody knows this. Like I'm probably late to this party, but New York has pretty good pizza and bagels. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I was eating cheese and I moved to California and they would say, oh yeah, the cheese in California is so much better. And I was like, have you been, have you had Wisconsin cheese? Ugh. So that's all, you know what? I heard that too about their pizza dough because of the water. And that's why their doughs are so much better out there. I, I mean, I don't, I, I've never done any research on it. I've never explored it. I've just heard that conversation elsewhere. It's really good. And then, you know, we have one other restaurant experience. We went to this restaurant called Red Rooster, which is run by that uh, famous chef, um, Marcus Samuelson. I'm sure you've heard of this guy. This black guy from Ethiopia um, by way of Norway. He was adopted and by way of Norway. And I think he was one of the early contestants and winners on Top Chef and those kind of deals. Oh. And so it's a very, very famous TV um, chef. But anyway, he has a restaurant called Red Rooster in Harlem. And it is, um, it is sort of a highfalutin take on traditional soul foods kind of deal, you know? And it is, so we went, we went the other day and just had a, we did like foodies, you know, you order a bunch of stuff because you want to sample a bunch of things and everything was delicious. Right. So, but the, some things you would eat, but some things you would not eat, just some basic things. We had some fried chicken, some garlic mashed potatoes, um, some shrimp and grits and strawberry shortcake um, desserts and um, catfish and black eyed peas, just like we did, we sampled all this stuff. And while we were eating, and we were eating outdoors, in walks Marcus Samuelson. This famous what? Yes, he walked right in. And so naturally, I think, well, I'm famous. He should come to me, but he didn't do that. So <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> right. So he goes in the restaurant, and then me, and then he, as he comes back out, he's talking to a couple of wait staff, and he just looks like. Any old guy coming into a restaurant, you know, has a backpack and sneakers, just regular guy. And so I say, hey, Mr. Samuelson, he looks over and he comes over and I go, hey, I'm from California. I came specifically to this restaurant. I want to tell you, your food is really good. And we did the whole fist bump and everything. What? Yeah, so totally had a little New York moment with a famous chef there. How about that? That is crazy. And you said, you said, as we go shallow into this into our podcast yeah. you said he came from norway correct yes yeah, so he by way of norway yeah so he, that is yeah ethiopian adopted by norwegian parents and and immigrated to, to uh new york that's crazy because you know norway is one i think it's top four in the best countries to live for way of life <laughs> sign sign me up Yes. Let's get. I need to get the hell out of here. I mean, if I hear one more person say, "Now, God bless America." Okay, I, I am not. I, I'm not 
ready to get to the streets to protest about America, but I am this close. I think I've searched online at least twice a week of the best countries to live to get the hell out of Dodge based on some of the recent activities that's been happening. Ooh. And yeah. I mean, specifically, we all know, let's just the elephant in the room, Roe versus Wade and all the controversy, everything stemming from that and the possibility of the states being able to make the decision, which some states have already, to, to reverse Roe versus Wade. Just an absolute disaster, huh? So, so Justice Alito, um, there was a leak of a Supreme Court decision. It was authored by him. Um, and it's preliminary, and it's the final vote result is supposed to come out somewhere somewhere around June or so. But anyway, in his document, which is really, um, really, it's crap. I mean, just because he's a, a Supreme Court justice, highly educated, doesn't mean that he's not a, a, an out and out idiot. And his his the leaked paper is he you he goes back a few hundred years to this guy Andrew Hale, who, who was against abortion. And he uses that as the foundation as the foundation for why the Constitution does not guarantee um, abortion. And he and he goes further than that. He it's a slippery slope. He basically says that there are no human rights that are guaranteed by the Constitution. No interracial marriages, which wasn't legalized in the Constitution until the '60s. No gay marriage. No, um, no, um, a couple other things. Oh, voting rights, just like random things, not even random, like very target specific things that he says because of Andrew Hale's words back in the 1600s or whatever the hell he was when he was alive. None of those rights are enshrined in the constitution, the foundation of our nation. And therefore they're not rights that can be put into or interpreted out of the constitution. So he and that group, they're looking at rolling back so many rights that our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents fought for and just get rid of it. Interracial marriage, abortion, gay marriage, um, voting rights. And it's like, what the absolute fuck? Like, yeah. what the fuck? And they go, you know what? It goes, it's worse than that. They're looking at some states already on the books and ready to go, criminalizing abortions, uh, finding doctors that that perform them between ten and a hundred thousand dollars, making it illegal to buy contraception or make contraception contraception illegal. Pills, rubbers, IUDs, all of it, make it all illegal. I mean, you talk about some backwards crap. That is, it's 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 shocking. So yeah, yeah, I I like to look at those top countries to live as well because this is a mess. I mean, if you think about if you think about the reversal of what what this country is trying to implement and you and you think about how if you look at just the statistics, 70 percent, 70 percent of Americans are pro-choice. So the minority of 30% of people wanting pro-life and to have women, even if unforeseen circumstances and unfortunate circumstances cause a pregnancy to say 30% of those Americans are dominating how we change, how the government can change. 70% of Americans want pro-choice. And you know, what's, what's interesting is that I, I, I was reading something about 
even if a, a, a girl, 13 year old is, you know, unfortunately molested and raped by her uncle and then goes to the doctor, finds out she's pregnant, then decides to go to another state go to that state, get an abortion, come back to her state and goes back to the doctor. They can then say she murdered that baby. Like what the actual fuck is happening? And and to have some men sitting there thinking that that's okay. Cause you know, you and I know that if you're a white Senator and you impregnate your mistress, she's damn well going to get a very, um, very medically positive, a wonderful environment and get a, yep. and a spa treatment afterwards. Yep. Right? Exactly right. And yeah, they're looking at no exceptions for rape or incest. Like, what is that? Like, no exceptions. And even uh, a miscarry can be charged as murder. I mean, you're talking just, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. You're talking um, going back to, you know, 50, 80, 100, 400 years of just really abject um, uh, anti-woman legislation. And even that guy that Alito was quoting, Andrew Hale, that's the same guy who, who wrote about and who pre- he was a judge presided over burning some women at the stake for witches. Oh my God. Witches. And in those days, the witches were either you were older and single or younger, you were just a woman and you were not attached to a man. And if you were, you were seen as uh, immoral or of the devil and you were a witch and then you were, you they had a right to burn you at the stake. So the same, he's quoting that guy as if, as if in 2022, we should be beholden to some fucked up white guy from 300 years ago that he should be, he should be governing our laws. And then, you know what? That's why I've I got to people that say, well, Democrats don't do enough. You know what? I'm like, Democrats are the only thing keeping you from living in the stone ages. That's it. Yeah. It's either Democrats or the other people who want you pregnant at home, lower wages, if you even have a job, and you just a baby making factory. That's it. You just make babies. That's the hand. And you know, it's funny because there's 400,000 plus children in foster care. Now, one of these fuckers are going into the foster care system and taking in a child. Yep. Nobody's out there adopting adopting children. That's what that that one lady on the Supreme Court said. She said, well, adoption should be um, the goal that, you know, it's just another couple of months. You don't let them, you don't let them have abortion and you just have them inconvenienced for another couple of months and then someone adopt the baby. And you're right. There's four to 600,000 people and fo- uh, kids in foster care. And not only that, the vast majority of our people in prisons come out of foster care. Uh. America doesn't care about them once they're born. It's like when they're in the stomach, all of a sudden, God, 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 and all this kind of crap. But once they're born, it's like, you know, throw them to the wolves. And it is nothing more than like, it's trafficking, it's patriarchy, it's anti-woman, and it's, it's just bullshit. And, and really, if you want to get all, all into that, you know, when, when, is, a, when is a fetus a, a life and all that kind of crap? You know what? Maybe when men ejaculate, that's when conception starts. Yep. Ille- yep. Make that illegal. And then this shit will change immediately. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it was Kamala that asked in, in one of the Senate hearings about what proceed, what what law is governed over a man's body. Exactly. And the guy could not answer it. Right. So I think about, you know, one of the one of my favorite shows, well-documented shows is Handmaid's Tale. And when you watch it, the anger that just seeps through your blood watching it, because you think, how did, 
because they portray America in that in that show. How do you watch or see that America goes from living this land of the free, you can't see my air quotes, to what this imprisoned, of course, around women is and all the rape and the abuse and the 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 slave work that that comes to that right. that you think, God, this is crazy. I'm so glad this isn't happening. Bitch, we better wake up because it is sort of happening. That's exactly right. And I'll, I'll give you some more on the handmaid's tale that that the that the the TV version is different from the book version, and that the book version there were no black people because all the black people have been killed and or shipped back to Africa. What? Yeah. So that's the book version. So the TV the TV version sanitizes it as bad as that world is in a TV version. They sanitize it to make it. Um, acceptable to today's viewers because they didn't want just an all-white show. So what they did was they made Black men part of the group that took over because men are in charge of this new Gilead. And there's, there's even a Black man on like this big old, that big council and everything. And, and, they're, and they're guards and everything. And then Black women have a higher fertility. So of course they could be these handmaids and be producing these babies. But in the book, that doesn't exist. And the reason why, and one thing that Margaret Atwood, the author, got right, is that there is nothing in American history that says if a religious, if a Christian extremist religious group takes over, that they're going to have Black men as their equal of white men. That doesn't exist. We know what white Christian uh, religious extremists look like. It's the Klan. <laughs> That's who they are. It's the Klan, it's QAnon, it's MAGAs. It's all them. The America first is the Confederates. That is white Christian um, takeover of America. And they don't, there won't be any black people floating around, you know, doing the same thing they're doing. They'll kill all of us. That's what she wrote in that book. So, so there's a difference between the book and the TV series, even though it's all horrible, but just, um, yeah. So that part, we don't, we're not even in that equation. That is insane. I I think about, you, you know, I think they always used to say the Simpsons. I never really watched the Simpsons. Simpsons. There's a couple that you know I would catch on the on the DL and 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 chuckle at. But they were saying on the Simpsons that so many things that were that were written back, you know, when Simpsons first started, what have come true. Right. Have you heard that? Yeah. Oh yeah. You can find so much in the Simpsons that uh, yeah, that they they predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I find, I find, uh, you know me, I'm a reality girl. I do love my reality TV. I know there's a lot of judging around that. I also am a huge scripted show fan. I am just uh, taken back by some of the, some of the creative minds that put together shows that keep me engaged and want to, and brag about it. And I try to be very proactive with really good shows, telling people you need to watch this. And I haven't failed yet. And I was down when I was down in LA, my brother uh, said, have you checked out this show? It's called old enough. I think it's called old enough. It's a Japanese reality show and listen to this premise. So they take a young child. Now, the episode I watched, this child, or I should say toddler, was two years old and nine months. And the objective was to get the toddler 
to go to the grocery store and pick up and purchase three items for his grandma. And he had to walk across a very busy intersection. This kid, two years old, mind you, in nine months, literally, literally, that was my, that was my um, British literally, um, had to, his mom gave him a flag to walk across a major intersection to stop traffic and go to the grocery store and pick up items. Oh my God. Are you kidding? It is a show. It's a reality show in Japan. And that kid, I'm telling you, it's 10 minutes. I think the show is 10 minutes. He got all, he got all items. He actually left the store. Sorry, that's Mojito in the background. He actually left the store forgot the curry or curry and came back to buy it. <laughs> How old is this kid? He was two years old and nine oh months. Oh my God. What? I cannot believe that that's even a, I, I know adults that go to the store and get all the way home and forget the shit that they're supposed to buy. Are you kidding? That's, you know what? At two years old, because I had two older brothers, as my um, mother told us, they were um, uh, lathering, slathering me up with Vaseline and baby powder my entire body in order to try to change my diaper. That's what we were doing at two years old, just making a big old mess. I think I was taking my poop out of my diaper and smearing it on the wall. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know, that, that, reminds, that reminds me. So I'm in New York. You know, babies don't sleep. So I'm in New York. I'm in Elian's apartment. She has a cat. And the cat has one of those cone things on its head because yes, got a leg infection or something. They don't want them licking. Yes. Yes. So they stop them from licking. So the cat has made its home inside my suitcase. Like my suitcase is open. And it just like, it has claimed that, that suitcase as its own. So in the middle of the night, now in New York, you know, there's noise all night long. Like there's just noise. It's never peaceful. It's never peaceful. And then this cat occasionally gets up and is scratching. Alien sleeps like she's like dreaming about, like she is in WWE fighting, like she's just fighting (laughs) in her sleep. You know, and then and then the cat wakes her up. So then she's arguing, yelling at the cat. And I am just like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> and then to go to sleep, she likes to listen to Dateline. So she wants murder. <laughs> she wants murder. Right. That guy's voice, you know, um, you know, the Dateline guy He's like, she was innocent. But what <laughs> really, you know, I'm like, look. In, in, in my bedroom, you better be sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> you know what? Right? Look, in my bedroom, I have aromatherapy. I have, you know, my, I put my little Alexa on some some Disney sleep music. It's all nice and soft, and it's just very pleasant and conducive to sleeping. And here, you know, there's daylight, there's a cat, and she's fighting, and then there's outside noise. And Wait, I- are you sleeping on the subway? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have a new understanding of why they call this place the city that never sleeps they're not lying <laughs> like they are not lying it is it is non-stop ruckus and in in <laughs> i'm like shut the fuck up you guys need to go to sleep like you know i think there was like a batman movie or some cartoon movie where they just fly in helicopters over the city and just drop some sleeping powder and just make these people go to sleep they would be so much nicer the next day <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no one's getting sleep. That's why they're all crabby. <laughs> it is a mess. I was like, I just, I need some sleep. You guys got to rest. Like, what is? <laughs> oh, anyway, you talking about babies? Maybe, maybe think about that. So, um, so talking about TV. What else are you watching these days? So I, gosh, a couple. So I finished Ozark. So I'm not going to give it away for anybody. So you know, we'll give it a couple weeks so that people can watch Ozark, so we can talk about it. That's, that's and I week. think, yeah, it was. I want to talk about the ending, which I don't think any show that finishes or, you know, their series finale, I don't think any ending is good because I like the show so much. I don't want it to end. So I watched that. Um, I actually started, as I said earlier with my brother, the righteous gemstones, which Uh, is, which is actually a dark comedy. So it is Dan Goodman. Um, I forget the gentleman who created it, but Dan Goodman is this preacher. It is the mockery, like the Jim Bakers of the world, actually like a Joel Olstein. So, you know, it's just about this family that, you know, preaches, but in the background, they are just as fucked up as most families. Where's that streaming? That's on HBO Max. Okay. And there's two seasons. So really good. Um, I had just, I, I watched the Selling Sunset reunion and oh, then. Okay. So I'm going to watch that tonight. I, I am, um, I am, I watched the show, but then Eliane wanted to watch it. So I watched it with my daughter, Leah, which was re- very, was a lot of fun. I used all the nightmare office stuff to pause the TV with my daughter and give her um, uh, feedback on good and bad management like that's that's what i was focused on with her but then with Eliane, of course you know we're like you we're watching you know the women the 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 um how they dress all the all the the fighting and everything but anyway we're gonna finish it today we just have a couple episodes to go and then watch the reunion tonight yeah it's good and that i started um i started watching well and then the Real Housewives of Atlanta started. So I started watching that. And then the reunion for New, the Real Housewives of New Jersey is caught up. So I they have two reunion shows. The third one is next week. And then I started a show on stars called The Shining Veil with Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear. Really? And it is, first of all, I think Courtney Cox is funny. I think Greg Kinnear is really funny. So it is a dark comedy as well. So she's a writer, has to, had an affair. So I'm not giving anything away because this is the, this is what's in the the title, the description. So she has an affair. Her and her husband decide to buy this house in this city called Shining Vale and come to find out that it's a haunted place. So she's trying to write. And um, I just got into the first episode. I enjoyed it. So I'm going to finish. I'm going to make sure after I'm watching, done watching Righteous Gemstones, that I'm going to flip over to the shining veil and then begin season two of the wilds. Okay. So is, is, is a shining veil, a comedy or horror? You know, it's a combination. Okay. It's a combination, like a little bit of a thriller, but not, not like a thriller, uh, Friday the 13th or it's, and not even close to American horror story. So it's, it's kind of it from what I'm gathering so far is Mira Sorvina. I think she, she's the, yeah, she's the ghost. Mm. And the ep- the end of the episode one ended with her asking Courtney Cox, what are you doing in my house? Uh, okay. And that was it. Okay. I think I have stars. So, okay, that's a good recommendation. I think I'll, I'll check that out. You know what else just started on season two is Hacks. 
you know what you were talking about that so i think i'm gonna have to put that on my list to watch the first season are they half hour shows they are yeah about a half hour uh maybe 30 40 minutes gene smart is the um veteran comedian stand-up comedian and you follow her antics with her assistants and things like that so it's funny but not laugh track funny it's just grown-up kind of funny and she's she's very smart she's very acerbic so yeah anyway so season two of that started and then i had also watched um uh snow the snow piercer show i think it comes on cbs but i watch it on i'm always a season behind i watch it on hbo max and it's based off the movie and that there's a future where through climate change the world is basically frozen over and in order to save humanity um, they, there is an invention of a or creation of a giant train. Like, I don't know how many cars are on this train, like maybe like 50 or 100 or something. And all it does is tr- it, it doesn't stop. It just goes around the world. And they're just waiting for the frozen world to thaw. And so each car on the train is sort of like uh, a level of society. And those at the head they were the wealthiest and were able to buy the most amenities and luxury travel. And as you go back, each car gets uh, progressively worse until you have, you know, uh, poor people who are just stacked in there. So there's a lot in the movie. It's just uh, a very violent and crazy movie. But then in this series, they take you through these cars and how these people are trying to live their lives and um, survive when there's a scarcity of everything, except for some people who have a lot of everything. So there's a lot of intrigue and everything. And it's, it's really, really good. So it's, it's, it's future dystopian. It's not really sci-fi. It's more drama than anything, but it is really well done and really good. And that's on what channel? It's on, I believe, I believe it runs on CBS, but it's also on HBO Max, like a week or a few weeks behind or something like that. God, you know, I will say this. So I watch uh, Lone Star 911, and I know that you have somebody that uh, has been in your life before that is an actor and that is on that show. And this past week's episode, he was singing on it. I saw I saw it on Instagram. I mean, unbelievable that you, I mean, mm. he used to work where we used to work. He used to work for a retailer, a phone re- retailer without getting on any information. And wasn't he discovered in one of those stores or did he apply for, to, did he go to a modeling agency? You know what? He had, he had uh, floated around in a couple of different jobs and he did. He, uh, as a matter of fact, he and I had a conversation. I'm sure he had many conversations, but one was with me and it was a career kind of conversation. And, um, I don't know if I asked him or if he volunteered that he wanted to be a model because he just wasn't happy with what he was doing at the time. And um, he borrowed my car to go. Oh, yeah, that little red rocket. My red car to go to San Francisco to apply at a modeling agency. And I'm not sure the one it was. I think it was Ford, but I could be mistaken. But he walked in and got a contract. Like he's unbelievable, right? Got a contract. He also got a bunch of tickets on my car because he illegally parked it. But you know, you know, you can't be successful without a little pain, I guess. And he started his modeling contract and modeled around the world, had some success, and went to TV. He's been in a few different TV series, and he's on that one. And you know what else? Speaking of him playing that guitar, I think 
I'm not sure it's the same guitar, but I bought him a guitar. Damn, <laughs> sir. And you know what's funny? Uh, he was in, uh, when we worked for this company, we were at a winter circle and his sister who, you know, to this day, there's some admiration for her. Just, I mean, let's just say alone, she looks like Alicia Keys, but aside from that, a smart, smart girl. And he came up to uh, the winter circle and was actually in the hotel room as we were getting ready for the event and he had just gotten the guitar. So he was practicing it. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think as an adult, cause he was probably 20 something at the time, I think as an adult that it is super challenging sometimes to pick up an instrument and play it and, and, and learn it, especially because they say that your brain is, it's, it's easier to learn an instrument when you're younger. And right. for him to pick that up and not put it down as an adult and where he's at now is pretty impressive. I, I actually am. I, I was pretty impressed by that. I know most people probably there's people that do that, but this is the first adult in my life that I know that I've known that said, here, I'm going to learn this instrument. I'm going to try to sing and then take it to a place where now he's doing it on TV. That's pretty incredible, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, he, he's very smart. And well, not, not, I mean, smart is not yet. He's um, a very intuitive person. He's very, um, I would say, emotional in a very good way. And uh, he has really good, he has a really wonderful personality. He's a loving uh, individual, as is his older sister. They're, they're loving individuals. And, you know, often I think about them a lot. You and I, on occasion, talk about them, and I think about them a lot. And you know, sometimes I just go, well, I'm glad to had a tiny little, tiny little role. And I just step back in my own business and just watch from afar and just see wonderful things. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm like really proud of his accomplishments. Like it's, it's really cool because like a lot of us in our twenties, you know, he's floating around. You just figure out like, what do I want to do? You know, who do I want to be? And then, you know, all these years later, boom, getting it done. And I know there is a lot of, like with us, whatever we However, we end up, we know it was a lot of hard work to get to where you are. Like that's hard, and it doesn't always come out in you know whether whether we're doing this podcast or you're helping people with their eating or their um, how they work out or even caring for their dog or me raising my daughter and you know writing my books. The process is hard and doesn't always reflect in the outcome. So yeah, I'm very proud. I'm glad you brought that. Up. I'm very proud of him. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to watch. And you know what? He's not bad on the eyes. Let's just say that. Let, let, <laughs> let's just, holy smokes. If yeah. I was on video, you guys would see me sweating. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I I was going to say, too, when, when I went to L.A., you know, my I have a friend staying with me right now. She's in, in between living situations. So she's staying with me and she watched Mojito. I was gone. And the time that I was gone, he was pretty unsettled. Right. So he was getting up in the middle of the night to go back outside. He was eating very little. And when I got home, he slept through the entire night. So that makes me believe that he likes me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like finally, victory, my dog. He sort of likes me. He really you know likes me. <laughs> probably he probably was also tired of just harassing her the whole time you were gone. He a break. Like just a break. But you know what? In his honor, when I was getting pizza last night, I ordered a poser, a, a non-alcoholic drink, 
and it was a virgin mojito. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yummy. And you know what? On our, ne our next week, I am definitely, we should really tell the story about your poser uh, story and how, how to this day, I think you're still pissed off at me of how I made you a... <laughs> yeah, I got PTSD for that. <laughs> We're well, definitely going to talk about that next well, week. So, no, you know, let me tell this story. So I am, I, I do not drink. I, I am, a, um, I, I've chosen not to be a drinker in my life. And so I decided some years ago, I was going to make a my personal drink famous in and around Sacramento restaurants. And I call it a poser because I'm posing like I'm, I am an adult, but really it's just seven up and cranberry juice or Sprite and orange juice. It's just something that looks like a drink. So when I'm out with friends who are drinking, I look like an adult as well. And every time we go to a restaurant, I will order a poser and the server would say, well, what is that? And I would explain it to them, telling my friends, Jennifer included, that eventually I'm going to order that and they're going to know what it is. And my friends will always just be annoyed every time we went out. This is what I would do, you know, for like a year or so. And then one day I'm meeting Jennifer and another friend at one of our favorite restaurants in Sacramento, Zocalo. And I get there late and I sit down and the server comes to take my order. And I sell like a poser and the server goes, OK, and walks away. And I'm like, oh, my God, it happened. Like they know my drink. It is now a thing. I have arrived. I have made it right and the lady comes back, she serves my poser, and Jennifer is there, and I'm all smug, like, I told you, you know what, I told you, this drink is now famous, everybody gets it, and I'm just enjoying my drink, we order our dinner, and the lady even brings, she even comes by a couple more times, you like a refill of your poser, you like another poser, and I'm just like, <laughs> motherfuckers, I have done it, and so then the bill comes, and I'm feeling good, I pay the bill and everything, and the lady walks away with the check, and once she comes back and I sign everything, Jennifer says, you know what? Before you got here, I told her, I said, look, my friend is going to come in here and ask for something called a poser. You don't know what it is, but here's what it is. Just act like he knows what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I popped that balloon so hard above your head. <laughs> I have restaurant PTSD. Uh, <laughs> man, I got there. It was the first time. First of all, this is the guy that gets to the airport two hours early. So even for a domestic flight. So I was surprised that I was there a little bit earlier than him. And man, I, I was so excited. I told this lady, I was like, listen, he's going to celebrate. It's cranberry and seven up. Just walk away and say, coming right up. And man, she played right into it. <laughs> Ah, one of my best ever. Oh, my God. Hey, you know what? I got one other food story. So Ellie and I went to a Yankee game. So we go to the, yesterday, we go to the Yankee game and, you know, beautiful stadium uh, in, in uh, the Bronx. And we go and we get our seats and everything. And she gets a, she gets a beer or something. And I, I get a kosher hot dog. And then I'm sitting there because I am a, I'm a popcorn guy. So I'm sitting there about the third or fourth day, and I go, I'm going to go get some popcorn. And she goes, oh, good. We can share it. And I go, okay, hold on. <laughs> no. I am going to get some popcorn, right? What would you like? <laughs> <laughs> so then she goes, I just want to share your popcorn. I said, no, you don't. You, you, you want some popcorn also. And so I, I go get the popcorn. I'm waiting in line for popcorn. And there's only two sizes. 
One is large and one is jumbo. And I look at the large is 2,000 calories and the jumbo is 2,600 calories. Oh my God. Right? And and so I'm in line and I'm like, I'm doing the math. I'm like, well, we did a lot of walking today. I can eat this whole jumbo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just really thinking it through. I go, well, could I really sit there next to her and not give her any popcorn? Like, what is the outcome of that situation? So then I go, well, I'll get the smaller one and then also give her some. But we're sitting in that stadium and, and she is, look, she's eating my popcorn at a rate about one and a half times as fast as me. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you eating my popcorn so fast? Like, I should have gotten the jumbo. Like, I should have gotten the jumbo. You're getting all the calories out of this. But anyway, okay. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you one more a movie. We were talking about TV and movie. We, we didn't mention movies, but I saw Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. And oh. Yes, it's part of the Marvel Marvel Universe of movies, and uh, it's very good. I'll say that. So it's very good. It's, it's kid approved and age appropriate. And even though you could know all the Marvel crap from all their movies, you don't need to. You can just go in and enjoy. It's just a summer blockbuster of special effects and a bunch of magic and stuff happening. It's very enjoyable. And you saw that in New York? No, I saw that before I came to New York with Leah. And it was, I think it may have been our first time at a theater in, wow. a, long, in a long time. And we were masked up and everything. And um, and the good thing was it wasn't sold out. It was crowded, but we had space and uh, it was very good. Yeah, yeah. You know, very- I don't think, I don't think I've spent a lot of time in the theaters even before COVID because, you know, 2020 put a black light on all those chairs and I decided at that moment I wasn't going back to the oh, to a theater. Me. Oh, every theater is nothing more than a peep show theater, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, I mean, you. I mean, listen. Some people could get impregnated in those theaters just sitting oh, on a chair. Oh my! Show up, show up at Planned Parenthood. I need an abortion. Well, how'd you get pregnant? Well, I was at the theater at Doctor Strange, and what do you know? <laughs> And you're going to have to go to California for that. <laughs> That's exactly right. You can get weed in California and not go to jail. You, you can come smoke our weed, go to, to almost any doctor, have your medical procedure done, whatever it is. Because, you know, there's abortion, but it's really women's health care. It's not yep. just abortion. There's a whole lot of, of, of health care things. You can get all those things done and you don't have to worry about being arrested, about people putting bounties on you about, you know, all that kind of weird stuff going on in a way too many red states. So we're not going to dive back into that. But Jenny, it was good to hear from you. Uh, we didn't say last week, happy Mother's Day to everybody for last week. And um, we will, yeah, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, I missed that. I hope you had a good time with your parents, your sister, and that, that whole deal with Mother's Day. I did. And I, I appreciate it. I'm actually going to celebrate Mother's Day this weekend with my mom since I didn't realize last week when I went to L.A. it was Mother's Day weekend. So, <laughs> so Jen is the patron saint of daughters who forget that it's Mother's Day. 
I was like, what do you mean it's Mother's Day weekend? It's the first weekend of the month. They're like, no, actually the first was the first weekend of the month. I was like, oh, oh fuck. So I am celebrating. We're going to dinner. I'll probably hang out. They have a pool. So maybe we'll hang out and get some sun. And I enjoy, I always enjoy catching up with you and with our audience, just talking about everyday things and keeping it shallow. So I would say to all of you, keep life simple and keep it shallow. Yeah, yeah. I will I will be in New York another day or two and uh, we'll catch up again next week. So yes, like you said, let's keep it shallow and we will see everybody later. Peace out.